Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Going back over some scriptures that I touched on this morning, uh, uh, Sunday morning, because I want to tie things together. I like things to link. I like things to be cemented so that when you are moving uh, from glory to glory in him, you have things that you're building because you've gathered the various pieces of the word. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. Don't you feel like doing this right there? Father, I thank you so much that you made Jesus who never sinned to be my sin because I was such a sinner. Thank you, Father. And the Bible says in Psalm 51, verse 5, for I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. I'd love to stop, but I'm not going to because there are still people convinced that that precious little one that you're holding that was just birthed, they are so perfect. Let me tell you something. They were born in sin, just like you and I. Take it up with God and leave me out of it. Ephesians 2, 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And again, I just want to touch this real quick. Robin asked me, she said, so people outside of Christ, they're actually dead, though they're alive. I said, absolutely. Physically alive, but spiritually dead. But see, we don't even have lenses to see that. Because they dress cool and they're flashy and they got this and they got that and she's cute and da-da-da-da-da. we don't see them as being dead, but they are dead if they're not in Christ. Uh, let's keep moving here in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. So watch this. Okay, I don't believe that we're born in sin. Well, the first time you sin, death seeps in. How's that? That make you feel better? Not me. Because I was born in sin. It's the natural thing to do. And I've been listening to Tom Dooley and he said, we have to be on guard as believers in Christ Jesus that the old sins don't resurrect. Because you know they do try to come back. Whew, I've seen it in my own life. So, I mean, I'm not asking you to agree. I know how those old suckers sneak back. Colossians 2.13 says, When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive. Thank you, Father. Together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions. Isn't that a nice place to say thank you? Just to be able to say, God, thank you so much. Everything past, present, and future forgiven. And so when you share with your inner circle and then out into the avenues of life, I want you to tell people they're already forgiven. That'll really rock their world. They are already forgiven. Proverbs 21, 16 says, A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. And I asked, no, I did not. The Holy Spirit asked me to ask this Sunday morning. Are you wandering? And by the way, before you see me wandering in my footsteps, you're going to know that I was wandering in my thought process. Come on, church. Be careful if you're wandering. 
Well, well, I really didn't mean that. I, I really didn't mean to go there. I really didn't mean to say that. I really didn't mean to get into that conversation with her. But you might want to pull your pants back up. I tell kids that all the time when they go, but, but, but. I said, are you dropping? What you putting butt in there for? Come on, church. Romans 6, 11 says, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So not only is my past dead, but I got to remind it that's going to stay dead. And Galatians 2, 20 helps me with that. Because I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which we are now living in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God, who what? Died and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20. All right, let's dig for a little bit, okay? Are you with me? Touch the other person and go, we're still working. Amen. The Bible is going to show this evening that everyone experiences the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And again, issues with that, take it up with the author. John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. That should solidify, if you're here tonight and wondering, should I really follow Jesus Christ? Well, the Jews, I know I said this on Sunday. The Jews knew that the word I am stood for Jehovah. Here's Jesus in John, 12 times he says, I am. That's why I bow at the name of Jesus. That's why I'm in love with Jesus. I'm not in love with any of the denominations where I served. I'm not in love with some of those men that were leaders in that denomination. But I am in love with Jesus Christ. (laughs) Because I'm going to report to him someday. There won't be a district superintendent. There won't be a president of a conference that's going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords I'm going to report to. Does that make sense? At least I'm going to report to him. No, everybody is. If that doesn't give you a little bit of like... uh, Like, I always want to make sure I have uh, taken a good stop in the restroom before I think about that. Because it makes me a little quick. I I know my wife just kind of looked at me. I'm telling you, we do not know what it means to stand, truly stand, in the presence of the Almighty. Like, you ought to walk with me on a Friday morning uh, into Judge Browning, by the way. He's a Christian. Into Judge Browning's uh, courtroom. And when he hears that door flap... Man, it's like he gets up out of that, ooh, ooh, he doesn't play. And if there's any boys coming up there and go through that little thing and their pants are down, ooh, there's a visitation. And there's a deputy that comes to meeting. We have lost respect for authority. I, I'm gonna, I won't touch that. We've lost respect for authority. Who's Jesus, man? That's all right. Well, I remember some of the old rock and roll songs and how they tried to say he's my friend. And he's, yeah, he can be that, but he's more than that. You, you better recognize who he is. <laughs> uh, at least John fell down before him like he was dead. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So the resurrection of Jesus Christ will provide an inheritance. I've got two other scriptures, and it's time for the video. The resurrection provides an inheritance. Um, Denzel Washington, we did 10 steps to success with Denzel. 
and he records his faith in the discussion with students. But he also says, if you haven't noticed lately, you should. There's never a U-Haul behind the hearse. Like whatever we are accumulating right now, you are going to leave behind. And if you've not put a whole lot up on the other side, that's not good. It's not going to affect your salvation, but it has a lot to say about what you did for him while you were here. Resurrection provides an inheritance. Let's look at it. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hey, no resurrection, we're still dead. Did you know that? I wish I had the time to take you over into some other writings by the Apostle Paul. And he makes it very clear that if Jesus Christ did not come forth from the grave, there's no need for us to be here on a Wednesday night, especially after we've worked all day. And why come in here on Sunday when there's other things to do if Jesus has not been risen from the grave? Whoever believes in, oops, let's slide through this. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here we go. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Huh. Huh. As much as I love that little Ford Ranger, and it's still hanging around, and I've got it just about ready to run again. Guess what? It has a lifespan. I don't care how much I like it. I don't care how many times I fix it. Eventually, it's going to come to its end. I have a better inheritance. Don't say that if you get around it, okay? I have a better inheritance waiting for me on the other side than I do here. And I'm, li- I'm actually learning now how to live for the other side. And I'm going after that which will never be defiled and it will never fade away. Last verse, and then we're ready for the video. The resurrection of Jesus Christ provides great grace. God wants to enable us tonight to walk out of here with grace for people tomorrow. Okay, I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, you didn't give very much grace to that young lady this morning for the rest of the story. In the letter, I said to the one who will be reading it, once you go into this alternative setting in this next state, if you will clean up your act and finish up this semester, I'm in agreement that you then for 2016-17 can go into the public schools. So there is grace out there. But listen to me. I'm not about cheap grace. Oh, no, no, no. Neither is he. Well, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to go wherever I want to do. I'm going to sleep with whoever I want to. I'm going to say whatever I want to. And it doesn't matter. My body isn't the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'll put into it whatever I want. It's not going to affect your salvation, but the longevity of your life is going to be messed with. Come on, church. Acts chapter 4, verse 30. Okay, wait a second. Let me break that down for you. So Eddie was here on Sunday. That's my cousin. He's on his way back to Winston-Salem through Georgia. 
In the last eight months, his wife has gone home to be with the Lord, and so has his daughter. His daughter just passed just a couple months ago. But hold on, because you weren't listening to, it won't take away your salvation, but it will alter your lifestyle and the length of your life. I want to share this with you because it broke the family's heart and it's been tough for Ed. She was a lifelong smoker, three packs a day, and they could not bring her back. And I still see kids. I'm about talking about marijuana right now. Oh, yeah. They don't even know what's going down. I would love to take young people and just have them go with me into a cancer ward as a result just of smoking. Okay, okay. I said, she's in heaven, but she left early. And now she's got devastated children. Why? Because self wasn't coming off the throne. Just a little, it's okay. Just take it up with the Father. Just take it up with the Father. I'm going to teach his word. God's going to give you grace. But your family's going to need more grace to get through because you left before you needed to. Acts chapter 4, verse 33, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Do do y'all realize that they were persecuted for talking about this? And I'm pretty much going to be able to walk out to my vehicle, might get a um, uh, caramel frappy tonight, go home and snuggle down, get a good night's rest. We're so comfortable in our nation, nobody even gets upset about the resurrection anymore. And Hebrews 4.16, last verse, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God is ready to deliver to you tonight all the grace you need for tomorrow. And guess what? I used up everything he gave to me today. I used up all of it today at school because I have made a decision that that school is not going to go crazy. They're not going to lose it. They're not going to come unglued and just do nothing until June the 6th. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But I have got to have God's grace to give me the ability to get it done with leaders. You need God's grace in your life, in your home, in your business, in your car, anywhere and everywhere we go, and it's all available because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at this video tonight, and I want to ask you one question. Who were you when Jesus stood before Pilate? Hold it. Who was I when Jesus was standing before Pilate? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight. And I ask that these closing moments with a powerful video will be life-changing for all of us. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, God's people said. We see the story of Jesus going to the cross and everything seems to kind of be hand in hand. And then there's this one character that seems to interrupt the narrative. His name's Barabbas. We don't even know much about him except that he's a murderer, a leader of an insurrection, a rebel. And why he's even mentioned, sometimes I'm not so sure. It's like, what? Let's, this is about Jesus going to the cross. So in this moment, 
Pilate thinks, I hold the destinies of these two men in my hand. I know the Jews have a tradition that on a holy day, I will release one of the prisoners on death row. Pilate stands on this audacious stage who now presents Jesus, son of the living God, versus Barabbas, the thug and rebel. He says, all right, who do you want? This is blasphemy. This is, this has gone too far. There's no comparison. This is a rightful prisoner, a man who should be on death row. He's a rebel against Rome. He leads a rebellion. He murders people. He's a bad man. He's a thug and he's a crook. He deserves the chains and he deserves the crucifixion. Jesus, what has he done but heal, restore, deliver, set free, open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the lame and the leper? What what has Jesus done? Who do you want? We want Barabbas. Yeah. Give us Barabbas. People say, give us Barabbas. The Roman soldiers come up and they put the key in and they unlock Barabbas from his chains and shackles. And he walks down the platform, welcomed by all of his thug friends. Yeah. People love me. Yeah, that's right. I don't even know who this Jesus guy is, but all I know is my people love me. There seems to be no conscience in Barabbas. There's no record of him turning to Jesus and saying, I owe you everything now, for you have set me free. No, I don't see any of that in Barabbas. And God knew that. Jesus stood there, silent, for he knew the will of the Father. He said, It's fine, Father. Let him have Barabbas. For Jesus knew that the Father would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. Barabbas thought it was the people that set him free. No, 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 no. It was the love of a heavenly Father. When I look at the story, I realize who Barabbas really is. controlling you what are you going to do I'm going to shake myself free stop it no you won't you're no match 
over the powers of hell and the urges of sin will not overcome it and you will never overcome it. You'll just be another statistic. There's no answer within yourself. Your own marriage, your own goodness, your own discipline, your own devotion will not save your marriage and will not save your kids. There's only one. And he's the one that took your place. He's the one that stood silently on the platform with Pilate and said, yes, let him have Barabbas. Take me. How many times have I stood on that platform with Pilate and Jesus and I'm the Barabbas and they start to take my chains off and I say, no, no, I deserve this. I deserve the guilt. I deserve the shame. I deserve the consequence. I deserve it. Jesus seems to look at me say, no, son. Let me have it. Let me have your sin. Let me have your pain. No, God, I did it to myself. I deserve it. My marriage won't make it. This is what I deserve. I deserve divorce. I deserve poverty. I deserve sickness. I deserve it all. No. God, I I'm so ashamed. Give me your shame. But God, what if I do it again? I'll still be here. Oh God, I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Give me your sins, son. This is all we got. It's all I got. It's all you got. We can play games. We can play church games. We can pretend like some people are better than others and that's why they're blessed. Or we can all come to the honest conclusion that it's God. And it's God alone. The greatest challenge is not your discipline, your devotion, your focus. Your greatest challenge is believing the gospel. Could it be that there's a God with a love so scandalous, so wide, so deep, so vast, so high, so expansive, so welcoming, so inclusive? Let me have your sin, son. Okay. And I give him my sin. And I stand in this empty space of forgiveness and acceptance while Jesus walks off to the cross that I deserve. I see him. I see him walking to the post to be whipped. As I stand a free man, all the attention is turned now. And I feel the love of God saying, Go, son, live your life. I'll pay the price. Where did we get off thinking that we were going to set ourselves free? It's still Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It'll never stop being the power of Jesus. If his blood is sufficient for your salvation, his blood is sufficient to sustain you through every challenge and every sin and every temptation. Jesus is enough. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. 
One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.